The following is a sermon from Faith Troy, a church located in Troy, Michigan. For more information and more audio and video content, go to www.faithtroy.org. And I have just experienced something visually and musically that I hope touched your hearts. Did it? Our hearts, our souls, our minds, and we're going to unpack that just a little bit. What you saw up here, as you saw these, this drama team, these characters walking about this, this altar area, it's just like people walking around in life. And we carry burdens, don't we? Burdens that impact us, that affect us. And sometimes another word for burden is sin. And if you saw that one character with uh, the, what is the scarf right in the mirror, focused on her herself. We're focused sometimes just on us. We don't care about anybody else. We want to look the best. We want to be the best. We judge each other and say, eh, I think I'm better than him, better than you. Or it might be the opposite way too. You look in the mirror and you think, I don't, I'm not worth it. In fact, I feel worthless. You saw the guy with the chains weighed down, chained up, we're preoccupied. We, 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 we can't even get free from the sin, like addictions. We can't get free from that. We're bound up in burdens. Sometimes from the burdens that we actually impose on others, you know, the sin that impacts us, sin that we commit, we're, we're blinded, many a time spiritually blind. Even yet we still live as Christian people, uh, uh, believing in Jesus, we can feel like this. That if we don't have the word of God ever before, you know, always before us, that we're reminded in church, uh, we can be blind. And we walk around life spiritually, not understanding what God is doing. We're wrapped up, if you saw that one character, like a mummy, you know, and you just have no freedom, You're just walking like this. We can all feel like that. We're burdened. You know, I just realized when they're walking around like that, you know what sin does? Makes you feel alone, doesn't it? Makes you feel alone. And not until what you saw, a man coming down, washing, cleansing, taking that load off, taking that burden off. That's what Jesus does. That's what we're reminded of today. That's what's going on when the disciples come to him in that upper room. Before the Garden of Gethsemane, before the rest, all that stuff, he, he comes to this Last Supper, this meal. And Jesus bends down, he stoops down, and he washes, he cleanses sin. And this is what he can do for us each and every day. That by what we've seen and what we remember, Jesus has made a way for us to be washed, to be cleansed from the sin and the burdens that impact our life. That's what we're going to be reminded of today. You can open up your Bibles, please. John chapter 13. The Bibles we provide is page 1,673. I just remember as, as you, you go and, and you turn there, um, you think about it's just hours before that Jesus, uh, before his persecution and his death, Jesus is washing his disciples' feet to indicate their sins are being washed away. That's what I want to focus on and emphasize. Not so much his servant attitude, but really that washing and that cleansing and what it means. So we're going to read 
beginning in verse 1 of John chapter 13. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter said, replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So our drama team, they did a great job tonight, didn't they? So thankful that they stepped up to do this. But just think about it now that you are actually the one there as a disciple of Jesus and he's washing your feet. Wouldn't you be a little confused? Wouldn't you be like Peter and just baffled? What's going on? You're, you're washing my feet? I mean, Peter, the bold and the, the impulsive one, says, no, you're never going to do this. You know, and it, and it seems like an honorable thing because he understands, you know, that, that here's a Lord and a teacher. He's not a servant. He shouldn't be doing this menial task like servants perform, but that's exactly Jesus' point. That's why he said to Peter, you're not going to understand now, but later or afterward you will understand. What's the afterward? What's the later? After his death, after his resurrection, even after his ascension, as the Holy Spirit comes down all them all, on them all who believe, will they understand what Jesus has done when he says, you are clean? What does that mean? You are clean, that his sacrificial death and his resurrection made him so. But that's hard to understand, isn't it? You come in here now with all the stuff that weighs you down, all that baggage, right, from the world and our sin and everything. And I say to you, you are clean? Do you feel that? I mean, it's hard to understand. It's hard to grasp what the disciples are, are, are hearing from Jesus. hard for us too, even as Christians. Sometimes we don't feel that way. 
but I want you to let Jesus' actions of washing just sink in for a moment. Stoops down, he cleans, washes their feet. And I think that the troubling thing, thing isn't that this Jesus is a servant and he's, he's showing love, he's showing charity, he's showing service. I don't think it's, it's so much that. I don't think it's so much even in Jesus' ministry where he says, you know, the, the Pharisees and the, the, the leaders, the teachers of the law ask him, what are the two greatest commands? And Jesus says, love God and love Love your neighbor as yourself, right? It's really not that either. I mean, other people in this world, they try to love other people. They try to do good things, right? People who aren't Christians. They try uh, to love and, and, and follow their God as, as much as possible. So love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. It's, it's really not that. But when Jesus says these words, I think it should trouble us. And it's in verse 34 of this same chapter. Verse 34, it's up on the screen. It says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. Listen closely. Before it was love your neighbor as your what? As yourself. Now Jesus says, as I have loved you. After this foot washing, he says this. What's different about that? You see, Jesus loves our advantage to his disadvantage. Jesus loves us to death. He loves and he completely loses. And we gain. Love as he loved you. Our drama team, you know, you saw the first person down with the towel. But then each one of them, they were given a towel that they would also go and love like that and share God's love by forgiving one another's sins and loving each other. That kind of love that we sinners offer is many times not the kind of love that Jesus offers to us. We can't do it, can we? Only Jesus can. We want to love. We want to love like that, but many times we want to love when we have authority or when we're in control but Jesus loves from his poverty to make us rich right although he was rich he became what he became poor for us we want to love but maybe when we have free time extra time or we have a surplus of income that is very hard to do how many of us would love a stranger depleting all of us. But that's exactly what Jesus did. Depleted himself on the cross. He didn't love from a place of authority, although he had it. He loved from a place of humble service. He does that for us. He forgives our sins. And he just not only forgives our sin, but he becomes our sin on the cross. Right? He, he, he not only dies on the cross, but really becomes our death, the death that we deserve, an eternity is separate from God, that God would look at him and he forsook his own son so that he doesn't forsake any one of us. That's the kind of love that Jesus gives, and that's the kind of love that's hard from our standpoint to give. Now, um, there's a, a verse in Scripture from Mark chapter um, 10 that I think just 
puts it into perspective. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life, to give his life as a ransom for many. We see that the disciples, that Maundy Thursday, Maundy means command, mandatum, right? That, that night in that upper room, the disciples experienced this kind of love. And it's a love that originates from God in the flesh come down to them. This type of love, this kindness, this love of Jesus, it brings us to repentance. You remember the disciples, especially Peter, and probably a lot of them are going, they're ashamed. Why is this our Lord and teacher washing my feet? No. But then, then you see what Jesus says in verse 8, unless I wash you, you have no part with me, the Bible says. Wash, another word for wash is what? Baptize. Baptize. Unless I baptize you, you have no part with me. Unless I wash you. This washing Jesus is referring to is not necessarily a full body bath. But it is a washing. It's a regeneration. It's, it's water with the word and with the spirit. This reminds us of our baptism. It reminds us, if this, the baptismal font were here, it would remind you that you, as a Christian person, were once, once washed, completely transformed. And so then we can, well, what else can we do? When Peter gets it for a moment, not, not just my feet, my hands, my head, everything, Lord. And we drop to our knees in repentance and say, I'm a sinner, remember? Depart from me, Lord, Peter says early on. And like Peter, we say the same thing. Lord, not just my feet, everything. So tonight, it's really not just a night of watching a drama, and it's just not a night of reading the Word of God and seeing Jesus wash his disciples' feet, but tonight is a night for us to understand that Jesus wants to wash your feet. Even tonight, it's about letting Jesus put his hands on your feet. I want you to think about that for a moment. You might be looking down and maybe your shoes are on and you're thinking about your feet and, and no, I'm not going to ask you to wash your feet tonight because I know that our church isn't a bunch of, of, of foot models. I get it. We're embarrassed about our feet. And as you get older, you might look down and you think, what bony, veined, bunion, whatever in my toes, whose feet are those? on my body. But think about it this way. To allow Jesus to touch your feet means to have him also touch your will, our stubborn and sinful will. Because my feet, they take me where I want to go and do the things that I want to do, right? If I want to go to church on, a, on uh, every Sunday, then I can do that. But my feet have to get me there. If I want to do something good for my neighbor, I'll do it. But my feet have to get me there too. So allow Jesus to touch your feet today is something that he wants to do. When you think about it from the perspective of verse 10, Jesus says, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean and you are clean. As a Christian, you've had a bath you were washed clean. 
in the waters of holy baptism once and for all. You've been transformed, but because we are sinner and what at the same time? Sinner and saint at the same time. We need a daily washing of our feet. Yes, you were washed clean, but now you need to be clean today. And don't we do that on a regular basis? God, forgive me today. And then when we come to worship, we want to be forgiven. So my question for you tonight is this. What sin is it today for you? What are you burdened with? What are you feeling like you're chained up with? What will you allow Jesus to cleanse? Will you let him scrub away your insecurities? Will you let him wash away your weariness? Will you let him buff off your bitterness? Will you allow him to take your burdens away? That's what he offers tonight. It's called Maundy Thursday, a night where he offers himself, his body and blood at the altar to show the full extent of his love. When you saw that drama team, you saw them hand a towel, hand a towel to, to each uh, uh, person. There's a picture of it up here. has a little heart on it just as a reminder of really the love of Jesus. And they had this choice to make, right? They could take that towel and they could just rejoice in their forgiveness or they could do what? Yeah, find somebody else and offer that same cleansing, offer that power of the gospel to somebody else to take their burdens off, to bear their burdens. That's the same privilege you have tonight because as you come down it's almost similar to like ash wednesday where you can receive ashes on your forehead when we started lent there are going to be the actors next to the communion folks and they are going to give you a towel so if you come down and, and you don't necessarily have to take communion if you don't aren't a part of our church but you can certainly come down and that green card it always has on the back of it information about what we believe about holy communion that it is the body and blood of Jesus in, with, and under the bread and the wine, that his real presence is, is, is for you, for the forgiveness of sins. But then you could also come and receive a towel. And you could take it home too and make it a keepsake or a memento or it can be a reminder of you, for you today, this holy week. What can I do to show the love of Jesus to my neighbor, to my spouse, to my children? to my friends. How can I do that? And then invite them to continue to worship. Invite them to Good Friday service tomorrow. Invite them to Easter. That's the opportunity that you have because Jesus has washed us. He's made us clean and he's given you that offer tonight. Amen? Now as I prepare the table, would you prepare your hearts? Would you take some silent moments now? Confess anything that you're burdened by your sorrow um, that God would take and turn it to joy. As you prepared your heart, as you confessed your sin, it's my privilege to announce God's 
cleansing to you. His grace. Your sins are forgiven. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now you realize that this same night was the night when um, not only did Jesus wash the disciples' feet, but then he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. He's betrayed by Judas. The soldiers take him. He goes and has trials. And, and all of that stuff we remember tonight by after Holy Communion is served, we're going to have this altar area stripped of all of the things that are meaningful, that bring life to us, but then we focus on Jesus and his death. And so there'll be no blessing because the service continues tomorrow. And so uh, we'll depart in silence, but we remember as the altar is, is taken uh, away, not the altar itself, but all the elements on, on the altar, it's, a, it's time to focus on the humiliation uh, of Jesus. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to all of them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do is in remembrance of me. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.